Okay, guys, welcome to The Dad Presents. This episode is brought to you by CBDMD.com. Go there and use the code The Dad Presents for 15% off on high quality CBD products that'll help all your pains. I use it, gets rid of all my aches and pains from my 27 million surgeries for my neck, my back, my shoulder, my wrist. Get it, it's good stuff. All right, now let's get into it. All right, guys, welcome to The Dad Presents. Today, you'll probably be a little bit disappointed because you just got me. No co-host B, we don't have the sexy Miss Rose, and no guests. I'm sorry to say that. Uh, Next week, we got a very exciting guest for you. We got Pete Dominic. He's a uh, comedian, and he's had a show for years on Sirius. Now he has his own podcast. It's a political show, and he's wildly entertaining. Um, and really smart guy, really smart guy. Um, we're going to have a lot of good stuff to talk about. What is it these days with, um, it seems like the best political commentary out there is coming from comedians. I mean, I, I think that kind of started with Jon Stewart and um, Bill Maher. But I mean, the best of the best are, are comedians right now. Um, maybe that's just our short attention span. Maybe we need our our politics to come with a, a dose of entertainment and humor. I don't know. But um, I feel like the best analysis comes from guys like like Pete. Anyway, um, yeah, today it's just me, so I, I almost considered just not doing an episode because I don't I don't want it to be lame. Then I considered maybe doing part three of us versus them, but I'm just not in a bad mood today, and it kind of got to be in a bad mood to go after the state that hardcore. I didn't want to skip. Um, So I decided I'm just going to do a mailbag episode. I'm just going to go into the mailbag of all the parenting questions that we've not gotten around to and answer some of those. And we'll just go through as many as we can um, over the next 45 minutes, let's say. All right. So let's just get right into it with the parenting questions. We got number one, we got Amanda in Bethel Park, Pennsylvania. Now, Bethel Park is out near Pittsburgh. I got a lot of college buddies who went to Bethel Park. They're all... um, interesting dudes. Um, my first fiance was named Amanda. So that name always scares me. She ended up in a witness protection program. Uh, not because of me, she was not hiding from me. And that's a whole nother story that we can do a whole episode on, but, uh, I'll just tell you it's wacky. Anyway, Amanda from Bethel park. She says my 10 year old used the F word around his best friend. And the boy's mom heard it. And now that mom won't let her kid hang out with my boy and he's crushed. How do you handle something like that? So Amanda, that's a good one. Um, that's a good one. Language is an interesting thing. And, and I, I want to talk some about language. The first thing I do, first of all, is I talk to the mom and I'd apologize. I tell her that it won't happen again. Um, that's if you really think that your this friend needs to be in your kid's life. You know, that's up to you. How important is this friend? If, if this friend is that important to your son, you got to talk to the mom. You got to apologize. Then you got to talk to your son. I don't know what your policy is on language in your house, but whatever it is, you got to respect other parents' positions on that and their boundaries. So you got to have a chat with your son and be like, look, man, you can't talk that way about little Jimmy Bobob. Uh, his mom does not approve. And if you're going to talk like that, you're not going to be able to hang out with Jimmy Bobob. Apologize to the mom and I'm sure you can work it out. Now for me, 
because I like to challenge people and because I like you, my, my, I do let my kids swear. I don't know if you let your kids swear if, or if one just slipped. I let my kids swear. And I'd probably challenge the parent about this. Um, first, I'd ask her what she actually heard my son say. And I challenge her because, look, did he say, hey, Jimmy Bobob, I'm going to fucking kill you, in which case that's a horrible thing. And yeah, you can't have your son talking to other kids like that. Or do you say something like, hey, Jimmy Bobob, you're my fucking best friend and I love you. Because that's really sweet. Because here's the thing about language. Here's how I feel about it. They're just words. Somebody along the way decided this word is bad. But a word can't be bad. Only your intentions can be. Like I just said, I could, I could, say, I could say to my dad, dad, I fucking love you. And that's, an, that's putting a little extra emphasis on the love word. It's like an adjective. Or I could say to my son, son, I'm going to kick your butt. No swear words there, but that's definitely a terrible thing to say. See what I'm saying? Um, And the reason I let my kids swear is not because I want them to be little badasses or because I want them to have potty mouths. It's because to me, the most important thing between my children and myself is that we have mutual respect and trust. If I'm parenting young kids is pretty easy. It really is. You got to spend time with them. You got to love them. You got to play with them. It's pretty easy. The tough part is going to be those teen years. And you're not going to stand a goddamn chance with your kids if they don't trust the things you say. So I remember being a kid and I remember um, being told not to swear. And I didn't swear. I was a good kid. But then I also remember hearing the same people who were telling me not to swear use that language. And I'd ask them, you know, why can't I say certain words? Why can't I say the F word? And the answer would be, well, because it's a bad word. Okay, it's a bad word. Fine. But then I hear you say that bad word 10 minutes later. So that means you're doing bad things. You're a bad person. You got to think like a kid. That's the conclusion I drew from that. This is a bad word. You're saying that bad word. Therefore, you're doing bad things. You're bad. I swear, I don't want to come across to my kids like a hypocrite. And I would challenge this parent. You know, I wouldn't... I would challenge this parent if it was in my life and this was somebody who was a friend of mine because I like to challenge people. If this is just an acquaintance of yours um, and just someone who your kid wants to play with, don't go there because nothing good will come from it. But if it's a friend of yours, challenge them. Challenge, Challenge your way of thinking. Too often, parents do things just because their parents did it or because all the other parents did it without really thinking it through for themselves. I mean, it's like it's like you tell your kids... If all your friends jump off a bridge, you're going to jump off a bridge? No, of course not. Of course you don't want them to jump off that bridge. Well, the same thing comes to parenting. Just because all your parents tell their kids, no, you can't say those words because they're bad, that doesn't mean that that has to be your parenting philosophy. Think it through. Words aren't bad. Intentions are bad. Don't be a, If you're going to tell your kids not to swear, don't be a hypocrite. Don't fucking swear yourself. Or at least don't let them hear you swear. Right? I want my kids to trust me. That's the most important thing to me, that that we love and trust and respect each other. All right. And that that's planning for the future. I, I do that because I know these teen years are not going to be easy, especially with my second kid. That kid's a little motherfucker. He's going to be a problem. So I'm making sure we have trust and I'm making sure he respects my authority. 
and I'm making sure not to put the clamps on too tight right now because I don't want to drive him away and have him already rebelling when as a teen, that's your natural inclination. I want him to be able to come to me, you know, when he's 16 years old and his friends are drinking at a party, I want him to be able to call me up and say, yo, dad, there's drinking at this party. Um, I might need you to come pick me up or yo, dad, there's drinking at this party. And to be honest, I had two beers. Um, I want him to feel comfortable calling me up and telling me that and not feel like I'm going to freak out on him or I'm going to be a hypocrite and scream my head off at him. I already talked to my kids about drugs and alcohol. I tell them, you know, yeah, daddy, daddy drinks. Daddy sometimes smokes pot. My brain can handle it. Your brain cannot. Your brain is not yet formed and drugs and alcohol are much more damaging to your brains than they will be to mine. Your brain doesn't really form until you're between 18 and 25. Like I I have these kind of talks with them so that they, they believe me because I don't, when they ask me a question, I tell them the truth. Getting sidetracked. Look, it's here. It's me by myself today. I'm probably going to rant and ramble. I got nobody grounding me and bringing me back to the point. Amanda, talk to your friend. All right. Question number two. We got another Pennsylvania dude. This is Michael from PA. Um, You know, I'm from Pennsylvania. I like that I have listeners there. I hope none of these are people I actually know. Anyway, Michael says, I follow your page and I follow the show. I love both of them. Thanks, Mike. I noticed that over the last three years, you've dramatically shifted towards trying to make a life of self-sufficiency for you and your family. With the way things are right now in the world, I don't want to become some kind of weird prepper, but I do want to be prepared. What would you do starting out to get your family prepared? It's very easy, Michael. I've, I've always been a little bit of an of a underground prepper. I've talked more about it these days. Um, I've been more open with it, but I've always been a little bit of an underground prepper. Not one of these whack jobs, but someone who, look, I have a life motto and I, I, I tell this to everybody all the time. And I tried to get it going as a hashtag, but it didn't take off. And that is hashtag prepare, don't panic. And I really started preaching this when Corona started. Like panicking, worrying, I don't do those things. I don't worry because worrying accomplishes nothing. You got to look at a situation, analyze it, figure out the best course of action, and then do those things. After that, it's out of your hands. Worrying is is pointless. Uh, panicking is pointless. So with the prepping, I've always done a little bit of prepping. I've always realized, you know, look, I live here in a big city. We're super congested, living on top of each other. I'm 20 minutes away from a freeway. We have, we have uh, massive earthquakes. We're due for another one. We're on the ocean. There could be a tsunami. There could be war. These things, I've always thought about them. So I've, I've prepared. The first thing I did, the first thing you should do is you get water. We have a 50-gallon 50, 50 drum of water in our garage. We change it out about every six months. That's in case the water stops, which is very possible. I want to be prepared for that. We're completely dependent on the Colorado River for our drinking water. The Colorado River and friggin' sparklets. Those things could go belly up. I want to be prepared. I want to have enough water to last a couple weeks and then to make the journey out of town if I have to. Get water. Energy. Our energy could get cut. I have a solar-powered generator. You don't need a big, expensive, powerful one. Mine was like 200 bucks, but it's enough to charge my phone so that I can communicate 
and it's enough to power like a little stove or a little refrigerator. Uh, Dry food. I've got 90 days worth of dry food. And then beyond that stuff, you want to have life skills, hunting, right? If the shit really hits the fan, like really hits the fan, like let's say America descends into civil war, which could happen, all our supply lines are going to be disrupted. Coronavirus, if it got bad enough, would have disrupted our supply lines. If you look at the last depression, people were starving in the street. People were cooking their shoes, no lie, cooking their shoes and eating the leather. That could happen again with the coming depression that we're certainly going to have. So you want to be prepared. Um, Hunting is a great skill. I recently picked it up a couple years ago. You know, you get one pig, you're set for four months Um, and, and you have the ability to continue feeding your family. Gardening also. Now, I, I picked up gardening this year. Now, this one this one's tricky because, look, you go out, you hunt, you get a pig, you get a you get an elk, you get a nice big animal like that. Your your family's in the money for months. A garden takes a lot of work and a lot of money, and it doesn't necessarily bear much fruit. If you live in the city, uh, a garden isn't going to get you through hard times. I've been I've been working on this garden. I started it the day the schools closed back in March. I've probably put $800 into it. So far, we've got some jalapeno peppers, some corn, um, some uh, tomatoes, some onions. But honestly, you put it all together, some salad, you put it all together, it's about six meals. Um, so that that would be the last one on the list. But it is a nice, fun hobby. But um, yeah, man, learn to hunt, water, energy, dry food, and then if you're really concerned, get out of the city. We're thinking about that. It, it just doesn't feel right being here much longer. Number one, the taxes are too high. Number two, the chances of a disaster happening seem greater every day. And um, this is not where you want to be. There's 20 million people in the in the greater LA metro area. Um, another one, chickens. Now, we did chickens a couple years ago chickens um they're they're dirty and disgusting but they give you eggs every single day which is awesome awesome um but they're gross they are gross um and then the problem with chickens is you get fucking rodents and raccoons and 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 coyotes and every everything in the neighborhood every kind of predator in the neighborhood starts showing up at your property i used to have to sit out there at night with a little 22 um, until I found out you're not allowed to shoot your 22 in the backyard of the city. <laughs> so then I got, I don't know if I've told this story before, but while we're on it, it's, it's pretty hysterically embarrassing. I'll tell it. Why not? Like I said, I'm going to rant. I got raccoon traps because what happened the one day is these raccoons went out to the chicken coop and they reached in through the chicken coop and they grabbed one of my chickens and they pulled the chicken through the chicken coop, through the wire. And my kids got up in the morning. Now, you got to understand, these chickens were my, my kids' pets. They didn't have a dog at that time. My kids go out there in the morning. This is two, three years ago. And they find chicken parts all over the coop. And it broke their little hearts. And, it, you know, it. what do you call it? PTSD? They, my, my kid cried for a week over that. And I, and I don't blame him. And it enraged me. It really enraged me. So I got uh, raccoon traps. 
I went out there, I put the raccoon traps out, and I trapped a couple raccoons. The first one, after I trapped it, I shot it um, because I wanted to put it out of its misery quickly. But um, it made a loud boom, and it drew attention to my house, so I decided that was not a good way to do it. So the next time I trapped one, I looked up on the internet. Now, this this is just ridiculous. Bear with me. I looked up how to humanely kill a trapped raccoon. And I read some stories and one gentleman was recommending that you gas it with your car, like the way people commit suicide in the garage. And that seemed, that seemed to make sense to me because, you know, a lot of people do it that way. It's supposed to be painless. It just puts you to sleep and you're gone. So I took the raccoon. Now you understand I don't have a backyard. I only have a front yard and I don't have a, we have a garage, but it's filled with shit. You can't fit a car in there because it's filled with like workout gear and stuff we've accumulated. Anyway, so I'm on the street with my car. I take the trap. I wrap the trap in a tarp so nobody can see what's inside the trap. And I duct tape it to the back of my exhaust pipe. I turn on the car and, you know, the on the internet it said it died in like five, six minutes. They go to sleep after a couple minutes. So I, I come in, I'm going to take a shower. It's early in the morning. I got to go to work. I come in, I undress, I, I start to get in the shower and then I hear like terrible impression. I shouldn't do impressions, but it, it basically sounds like a baby crying out by my car. Now my neighborhood, residential neighborhood, um, almost all elderly people, we live in a very old neighborhood. And they, our house gets a lot of attention because there's all the, always all these young kids running in and out playing with, playing with my kids, our cousins. So this is loud and it really sounds like, like a baby crying. Now I'm in my underwear. I'm about, about to take that off and get in the shower. I, I panic. I'm like, holy shit, someone's going to think I'm murdering a baby. So I run outside of my underwear with my, with my Bluetooth speaker and my phone. And my plan is to play music and drown this thing out until it dies. I blast the music. Unfortunately, the phone naturally connected to the Bluetooth in my car. So it didn't play music on the speaker. It played it in the car, which you couldn't hear because all the windows were up. So now I'm really panicking. This thing's getting louder and louder. Neighbors are coming out of their house. I'm in my underwear. So I looked across the street at my neighbor who's looking at me. He's flying a flag. I salute myself and I start singing the national anthem in my underwear to his flag. Oh, say can you see? Literally singing the national anthem like a moron in my underwear. Total crazy person trying to trying to drown out this this dying raccoon. I get through the whole song doing it loud because I got to be louder than the raccoon. And as I'm getting to the end, I'm like, it's it's still screaming. What? Am I? And more people are coming outside because this fucking crazy guy standing on the corner of his underwear singing the national anthem. I'm like, what what am I gonna do? America the beautiful. And, and just, you know, when I got to the rocket's red glare, it seemed to like it stopped. I finished the song. I snapped a salute at my neighbor. I said, God bless America. I went back inside. And, uh, that's my, uh, that's my chicken story. So if you're going to get chickens, just be prepared for the coons. Okay. Question number three. Hmm. This is about, this is going about how I thought it'd go by myself. Um, question number three, Jacob in Florida, Jacob in Florida. I used to live in Florida as well. I've lived in most States. I bounced around the country for a long time. I was, I was on the lamb. 
Um, I lived in Florida. I lived in Naples, Florida. Great spot. I don't know where you are, Jacob. He says, I'm running out of activities to keep my children busy. How do you keep them busy? Now, Jacob, I think, I think we've hit this round and about several times on the show, but, um, that's always with Rose and B giving you their conservative, you know, they're, they're nervous about the, uh, the Corona. I'm not. So I'm going to give it to you straight this time. Number one, kids, only 15 children. No, I'm sorry. 33 children under the age of 15 have died from coronavirus. Something like 300 have died from the flu in the same amount of time. I'm not that worried about it with my kids. We have a good, we got a great group of friends, four couples who we pal around with. All of them have kids, my kids age. So we've kind of been quarantining with them. We get together a lot and it's been great for my kids. Your, your kids need to socialize. If they don't socialize, it will impact them for the rest of their life. Right now is when they are developing their personality. They're, they're, they're developing their social skills. They got to be socializing. So if you're just trying to entertain them in the house with puzzles and iPad and I, I admire your due diligence and, and the work you're putting in, but they need to socialize. We're going to have a, a society full of social, I, I don't want to use the word tards. I'm looking for a better word. I'm not going to say it. People who, people who don't know how to socialize, it's going to be a problem. Get your kids with other kids. Get them socializing. If, if you're worried about passing the disease around, find like a couple good friends and quarantine with them. Just get together with the same friends. That's number one. Number two, what I found out during homeschooling is that public schools fucking suck. Now, maybe not everywhere. Maybe you go to a great public school. My parents taught at public school my whole life. They are great teachers. My dad's one of the best teachers ever legit. My sister was a teacher for a long time, but at least the ones out here stink. El stinker root. Um, so I've been giving my kids homework every day, like legit homework, like their homework tonight. My kid has to write an essay on the death penalty and his feelings on it. My other kid has to explain what money is, what gives it value and what's going to happen with money in the future. I'm giving them like real world stuff where they got to go read, develop their own opinion and come back to me. It keeps them busy. It keeps them busy a couple hours a day. It's good for their brain. Um, solo sports. If you don't want to, um, if you, if you don't want to make them socialize, do some solo sports, right? Like you live in Florida, so maybe you're near a beach. Uh, my kids have taken up surfing. I've taken up kayaking. And it's terrific. We get out there in the water several times a week. Um, now, I'm a little bit concerned about great whites, to be perfectly honest, because recent helicopter footage basically shows that our coast out here is littered with great white babies, which is curious. Um, last week while we were out there surfing, we saw a shit ton of dolphins, which was very cool. Um, but I get excited and I do dumb things about around wildlife. Um, really dumb things. Like in Yosemite one time, uh, a bear came up to our picnic and my wife took our four month old son and retreated to the car with my brother. And I stood there like a moron taking photographs from about 10 feet away of this bear for a solid 10, 15 minutes while it was eating everything in sight. Um, only to find out when I got back to the car that 
I was so excited that I forgot to take the lens cap off. Now this is, we're talking 15 years ago, back when people used real cam cameras. I just get excited. I do dumb things. So the, the idea of a shark out there scares me. Scares me not because I think the shark will attack me, but I, I think like I might do something dumb. Like I'm in my kayak and I might see a shark. I might chase after it. I've, I've done stuff like that before. Um, it's one, I'm very good under pressure. I'm very, I'm very calm and collected and I don't get worked up. But when I'm around wildlife, this like the inner beast comes out in me. And I, we were in Belize, uh, probably five years ago. Now I'm a dad with two kids at this point. We're on a boat and we're going out to the coral reef to do some scuba or snorkeling. And along the way, I'm at one end of the boat. And I hear my brother-in-law at the front of the boat and he yells, shark. Now I've been to Belize like two times before and, and the sharks in Belize, they're, they're mild. They're tiny little uh, white fin sharks, you know, five, six, seven feet big. They don't bother you. I heard that and I got excited. And without thinking, I sprinted to the front of the boat and I jumped to dive in with the shark. I'm in midair. I look down and it's not a little, it's not a little reef tip shark it's a fucking 12 foot long tiger shark i shit you not now i'm in midair and i hear my brother-in-law he's he yells oh he's gonna die <laughs> as i plummet into the water i close my eyes i balled up my fists and i shit you not i i hit the side of the shark boom right off the side of it scared it off and it's it's scattered away um thank god because tiger sharks they're they're eat a motherfucker and my wife did not talk to me for the rest of that vacation. Um, and I completely understand that. Uh, what does this have to do with your question? Jacob, uh, get your kids in the water. You're in Florida. Get them, get them burning some energy. Get them surfing. Get them great windsurfing down there in Florida. Get them doing something. Make them use their brain. Make them use their bodies and make them use their social skills. That's what you got to do. Those three things. Another great one, camping. We're taking the kids camping uh, tomorrow, actually, for four days. We love camping. Get your kids out in nature. Um, kids today are so plugged into their iPads. Get them out there for a few days. Don't take the iPads. Get them in nature. Breathe in that fresh air. Go hiking Kids love to get in the dirt. Boys and girls, get in the dirt. Make something with your hands. Give them a little knife. Let them whittle something with a piece of wood. Build a fire. Camping, camping is the best activity for a family. I don't give a shit. The best activity. Now, the LA Times yesterday actually did an article that camping's racist um, because only 1.8% of the people who go camping are black. So I don't know if we can go camping anymore because we don't want to be racist. Um, it, it bugs me when I read shit like that. It bugs me so much. Like we've reached a point in society where equality is no longer the goal, right? Like my whole life I've been down with equality. Like I marched in the South. I was dating a black girl 22 years ago in the South, which, which was a little dicey back then. We marched for, for black rights. I, I went, I used to go to the, um, uh, the West Hollywood gay pride parade every year. And I'm straight as fuck. I went just to support the gays. Like I'm down for equal rights, but we got the equal rights. 
If, if you don't think we do, somebody please show me the law where we're not treated equally. And I will, I will march to change that law. We've gotten to the point now where we've got people out there like Ibrahim Ken- Kendi. He's the le- leader of this equity movement. Now they want, they don't want equity. They don't want equality anymore. They want equity. So it sounds nice because equity sounds like equality or it sounds like equity in your house, but they're not the same thing. It's tricky. This is what the left does. They trick, they trick you with language. Equality means we all have the same rights. We are all treated, seen the same under the law. That's equality. Equity means we all get the same in the end. And Ibrahim Kennedy, who's the leader of this movement, has convinced a very large portion of America that anywhere there is not equity, anywhere it's imbalanced, it's because of systemic racism. So conclusions are drawn from outcomes. So so less than 2% of the population goes camping. There's no equity there. Therefore, there's systemic racism in camping. Bro, fuck you. Maybe I got a, I have a lot of black friends. They don't really like camping. They just don't like it. I don't know why. That's cool. They don't like it. We don't, we don't typically ask them to go camping. We do other things with them. They love to barbecue with us. They can barbecue the fuck out of some steak. I learned all my best barbecue tricks from my, my black friends. It's okay that we're different. It's okay. We don't have to like the same things. We don't all have to end up the same place in society. It's okay. They don't want to camp. You know, you're going to force them to camp or you're going to tell us we can't LA times. Fuck off, man. All right. Where are we? I thought I'd get through more of these. I, I do rant too much, man. I need, I need B. I need B in here to, to reel me in. Sorry, guys. I'm probably not going to get, probably not going to do the type of numbers we typically do on this show and uh, probably lose my sponsor I just got and uh, be back in the poorhouse. CBD, CBD cbd.com, guys, go get it. All right, number four, Jack, Nebraska. Now that's one place I have not lived. Now Jack is 16. He says, my girlfriend and I recently broke up. Sorry to hear that, Jack. Young love is the fucking best. It's the best. It's also the worst. It's that kind of heartache. Ugh, so intense. He says, I love your show. You crack me up. Thanks, Jack. I, I, I've always felt like I have the sense of humor of a teenage boy. You crack me up, even though I'm not a dad. Fucking hope not, Jack. However, that is why I'm writing you. A week after I broke up with my girlfriend, she let me know she's pregnant, and now I'm freaking out. All right, Jack, I want you to stop freaking out. So a few things. First of all, let's start with your responsibility. Okay. You did a man thing. You took out your man penis, even though you're not a man yet. You took out your man part and you put it in a female's vagina and you squirted your seed in there. I don't want to be vulgar with you. I know you're just 16, but that's what you did. That's a man thing to do. So now you got to pull yourself together and be a man and figure your shit out. You got to be a man about it. Okay, the biggest problem we have in society, honestly, per me, is we've got broken families. 70% of of black kids grow up, I don't know what color you are, 70% of black kids grow up without a dad and something like 40% of white kids do. Neither one of those numbers are good. Okay, that's number one, be a man. Suck it up, be a man. Okay, now number two, and this is important, 
This might make you feel a little better. The world today wants you to believe that men are evil and women are infallible. That's the narrative out there. Testosterone is evil. And women, women need to be in charge of the world. They will save everything. They, they can do no wrong. Believe all women. Hashtag believe all women. Hashtag every woman is Mary, the mother of Jesus, right? That's not true. They're not perfect. They're human. They're like us. Sometimes women are dickheads. Sometimes women are liars. There is a possibility that your ex-girlfriend is lying to you, Jack. And I'm going to tell you, this straight up happened to me, not once, but twice. And not when I was a teenager, because I, I was a virgin as a teenager. Not, this happened to me in my 20s, and I didn't suspect it either time. It happened to me in my late 20s, as a matter of fact. Both times I bought it hook, line, and sinker because I'm a good dude. I thought I was going to have a kid, and I was going to have to marry some girl I was not in love with. There's a chance she's lying. Now, that I'm, I'm not afraid to say that. There is a good chance she's lying, but you cannot come out and accuse her of lying, Jack. Don't be a dickhead. You cannot do that. Because if she's telling you the truth, you're the biggest asshole who ever lived. All right? But what you want to do is you want to man up and you want to say, listen, baby, I'm, I got your back. I want to I be involved and I want to go to the doctor with you. And you have to mean it. You have to mean it and it has to be true. Or you at least have to convince yourself that it's true. Now, if she says no, she's probably lying. Okay? She's probably lying. And then you can start digging a little deeper. But if she lets you, and then you confirm it's real, then it's time to tell your parents. And then at that point, you got to make a decision on how you want to handle it. I'm not going to advise you on that. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to get into abortion versus non-abortion, adoption. I'm not going to get into any of that. That's between you, this girl, her parents, and your parents. Just don't be a weak ass. Don't be a wimp. Don't run away from it. Don't, don't shed your responsibility. Don't be a dick. Men and boys who act like men, you know, boys who fuck, you need to start acting more like men. I'm encouraging more masculinity in the world, not less. So uh, fuck you, Twitter. All right. Number five, Theodore in Portland. You poor son of a bitch. I would not want to be in Portland right now or Seattle or New York or Chicago. What is going on in these cities? Just freaking chaos in the streets. People shooting each other, uh, looting every night. what, What does any of this have to do with black lives? Nothing. Nothing. I'll tell you what's going to happen in these cities, Theodore. People are going to start leaving. People, first first it's going to be the wealthy, then it's going to be the middle class, then it's going to be the working class, and then you're going to have these cities that are just going to be cesspools of poverty and crime. That's what's going to happen if they don't get this shit under control. I mean, we're in Los Angeles. It's not been bad here. But we're already thinking about leaving. My car got stolen in March. Uh, I'm sorry, in May, right when the rioting started. Not down with it. Anyway, sorry, Theodore, you had a question. Theodore says, I'm a liberal, surprise. And that's fine. That's fine. Theodore says, I'm a liberal. I've got a family. It's getting dicey up here. Okay, there we go. It's getting dicey up here. And I'm thinking about getting a gun. As a man who knows nothing about guns, what would you recommend for home protection? All right, Teddy. Can I call you Teddy? 
here's what I want you to do. I'm not a gun expert. I'm nowhere near a gun expert. I'm, I'm, I, would, I would say I'm barely above novice, okay? Go to a gun store and ask. Ask them, don't be bashful. Sometimes in the gun store, if you've never if you've never owned a gun, it can be a little intimidating because those people, they can be a little snooty. They can be a little snobby, the, the gun store people. And I think it's because they've had a lot of liberals coming in, people who have been talking about restricting gun rights for years or now coming in and asking all these questions and wanting guns and, and it pisses them off. Regardless, you got to take care of you and your family. So don't be shy going there and ask them the right questions. If it were me, what I would get, if I'm starting with one gun for home protection, again, ask the experts, but I'd get a shotgun. I'd get a shotgun because you don't need a, a marks, you don't need to be a marksman to use a shotgun. You just you point it, you go bang, it's gonna blow anything in front of you to pieces. And it's gonna scare anyone away just looking at it. Plus the noise when you go it's a cool noise. Um, then whenever whatever gun you get, get trained. Get trained gun accidents do happen they happen um they happen because people don't get trained they also happen excuse me because uh kids get their hands on the guns so you got to get a safe for it um you might feel like well what's the point of having a gun for protection if i put it in a safe well you put you there's safes that you open it with your fingerprint so it takes two seconds and there's no way the kid can open it because he doesn't have your fingerprint so that's what you do okay um I've been going to the gun store once a week since COVID hit, literally, because I just felt like chaos was going to happen. You guys know I've been against the lockdown since the start of it. I've not been able to get a gun. That's how busy the stores have been. I've not been able to get in the store. I've stood in that line for as long as two hours and not gotten in the store. We went on vacation in Arizona. I tried to get a gun there. No dice. Number one. It's not legal. Didn't know that. Number two, they were sold out of anything that I actually wanted. I've been buying gun stocks. I'm now definitely not a financial advisor, but I've been buying stocks in, in companies like Ruger and, and um, Smith & Wesson since um, I started buying them in March, but I really ramped it up when the um, George Floyd thing happened. And they've been going through the roof and I'm going to just keep on buying them. Um, because I don't see an end in sight for the craziness and the election. If I'll tell you right now, if people think Joe Biden's going to win gun sales will go through the roof. They'll go through the roof because people are worried that Democrats want to take away the right to bear arms, which drives people to go get more guns. So that's, that's your advice today from financial advisor, uh, the dad, definitely not a financial advisor. Don't listen to me. All right. Moving on. Let's see. I got a bunch more questions. We're already over time. Let's just do one more. One more. <clears throat> Let's not do any more. I don't, I don't want to overwhelm you guys with too much J. Maddie. We're going to be back next week with an awesome guest. You're going to love him. Um, as already mentioned he is comedian pete dominic he hosted a political show on sirius for years dude i used to listen to that show every day when i was working good laughs good advice now he's a liberal um you guys probably think i'm i'm conservative leaning i am not 
not by a long shot. I've always considered myself more liberal than Democrat than uh, conservative, and I still consider myself that way. The the reason you probably think I'm more conservative is because the reason I identify as liberal or felt I was liberal is because I believe highly in my individual rights and freedoms and equality for all people. The right to free speech, the right to bear an arm, uh, and equality for people to, you know, gays didn't used to be able to get married. Uh, Blacks were not treated equally. And that bothered me, right? But it doesn't, the liberals are not the ones fighting for liberal things anymore. The conservatives are now the ones fighting for free speech and equality. It's fucking upside down world, man. And I want to talk to Pete about that. Um, all right, man. So yeah, please, I hope you enjoyed the show. Let me know your thoughts. Send in more parenting questions at the dad presents on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you know, all the places. And please join us next week. Thank you so much. Hope you didn't hate it. Peace.
Now, I just want to remind you that uh, this podcast is brought to you by our new sponsor, CBDMD.com. Um, it's a fantastic product. I, I will not do ads for products that I don't use and that I don't like. Like I've told you guys before, I'm not not doing this podcast or this Facebook page to make money. I do it because I enjoy it. But you know, if someone's going to throw money at me, um, I'll take it if it's something I believe in and something that I use. And I do use this product. It's fantastic on inflammation. As you all know, I've had my spine fused. I've had my shoulder worked on twice, um, two, two surgeries on my shoulder. I've had my left wrist fused, which makes masturbation incredibly hard. And painful, so almost not worth it, but but still worth it. Um, and CBD gets me through all my pains. Um, it's why I'm still able to be 47 and still be this fine, sexy freak that you, that you guys see and know and love. Um, it's from exercise, diet, and CBD oil. So check it out. Use the code that Dad presents. You get 15% off, and you put a little more change in my pocket than what they're paying me to do this ad. All right, guys. Much love.